If you and I were a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, would you be the peanut butter or the jelly? I feel like jelly is way more feminine than peanut butter. True. And peanut butter has nuts. Welcome back to the Whatever is True podcast. I am your host, Jake, with my beautiful co-host, Bethany. Hey, everybody. Well, we have come to the end of our second season. This is going to be our last episode for season number two. And for those of you that don't know, the reason we're taking this time off is other than the holidays coming up, Bethany is due with our fifth child, Hopefully, we will be able to push it off for another three weeks. That Or two. Two? I'd be happy with two. Okay. Yeah. Make it to 37 weeks. If we can get to 37 weeks, we'll be able to deliver at the Midwife Center, and we will be so, so excited for that. It feels like we just started season two. I can't believe we're at the end of it. I mean, I just we planned this out all summer long. I... It flew by. It flew by. I mean, we've been, this is the third month we're in recording right now for the season. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun. We've had some good interviews and good topics. And of course, we are planning on being back for season three next year. Woohoo. Which sounds so far away, even though it's only two months. That's right. Well, we don't, to clarify, we don't know if we're coming back in two months, but next year is in two months. Correct. So today's episode is all about birth and labor through our eyes, and we thought that was just the most timely episode that we could leave you guys with as we are waiting for the arrival of baby number five. Before that, though, I'm going to share with you guys our affiliate company for today, which is V, one of my absolute favorite companies. If you see me on a Sunday morning at church, I am most likely wearing one of their dresses, but they are just a modest fashion boutique. They have shirts, pants, shoes, dresses, and if you use my code Bethany, you will get 15% off of your order. I think you guys will really like the quality of their products and also a percentage of all of their sales goes to a person or a family in need, and you can read about that on their website at fairandbee.com. Good job. All right, so let's jump right into it. So first off, we want to talk about birth and the Christian. And the reason being is because as Christians, our view of life and birth and understanding the Genesis story with Adam and Eve greatly impacts our view so much differently than a, a non-Christian experiencing that this. It's not that we labor and deliver babies or get pregnant differently or anything, but our view of it and our understanding is different because we have a biblical view. Now, as Christians, our overall aim shouldn't be 
the perfect birth or a painless birth. And that might sound a little crazy because that's what we talk about all the time. Like, and, and we pray for, we pray for the safe and this healthy birth. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We should be doing that. But our main priority through this is that a birth should glorify God and draw us closer to him. It is one more act in our life, one more opportunity in our life to draw us closer to him. And so we look to him amidst that pain and that joy of childbirth. You know, and one of the positives of that is that we know all births look so different and they even look different from what we have in our mind and what we've envisioned for labors and deliveries as we look back on previous births. But when we remember that like we're in this to glorify God and we can rest in that end result knowing that he is sovereign. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I mean, obviously, we're not saying that we shouldn't be trying for a good birth. We definitely should be. Like That is our end goal, is to have a healthy mom and a healthy baby after the birth. Absolutely. Now, we definitely advocate for an unmedicated natural birth for multiple reasons. However, we do realize and understand that there's need for interventions because like we said the end goal is a healthy mom and baby and if there is something that is going to harm either one or endanger either one's lives you definitely need to use medical intervention at that time i completely Agree. And I know that that's really hard on a woman who has her heart set on a natural unmedicated birth and for things to either switch at the last minute or to, you know, catch something ahead of time and to know that there needs to be some type of intervention, whether that be a C-section or something else. There are definitely times that that is necessary and it's okay. And that's a, that's a journey, that's a process for each woman to accept that and to be okay with it. But when we have that mindset of we, we want a healthy baby here, we want a healthy mom here, like I think that focus is so good. And again, just bringing God glory through that whole situation as you trust him, even when things aren't going the way that you had hoped or you had planned. It's it's a reminder of just that we live in a fallen world and that life is not going to be perfect. And this is just one more aspect of it. And sure, it's a much more serious aspect, bringing life into the world. But it's really important to recognize that like sin does still affect different parts of life that we might not necessarily think of. Right. Nothing is perfect. So there's always going to be things that could possibly go wrong. So switching gears here, what we really hope to focus on this episode is how to prepare for the birth of a baby 
And we will be doing that through the lens of a midwife center birth. And the reason why this is such a specific focus and topic today is because that's what we have the experience in. That is where our background is. So to give you a very small summary, our first was born in a hospital. Midwives did deliver him, but it was still a more standard hospital birth because of the use of an epidural, an episiotomy. We had the typical two-day stay in the hospital and honestly had some trauma, like not significant trauma, but there was definitely trauma associated with that birth um, because he had his hand up by his head, our son Emmett, and we had a hard time getting him out. And following that, I ended up not being able to urinate. (laughs) That that is the scientific term for it, yes. (laughs) And going home with a catheter for a week, and it was absolutely miserable. I mean, it was just the worst week of my life, and... Fast forward to our next Hadley two years later, and she was an unmedicated natural birth at our midwife center. And after her birth, I recognized the just how upset I was following Emmett's birth because immediately after her birth, I just felt so good and I was so content and felt as if her birth was almost redemptive in a sense of what my mindset and my view on labor, delivery, and birth had been from Emmett. And when you've only had one child, you don't have anything to compare it to. And so after her birth, I did have something to compare it to and recognize just how a birth was is meant to be, how you're hopefully going to feel afterwards. And so following that, that was the aim, the the prayer for our births. And that's exactly what happened with our last two girls, Juniper and Rosalie. And we're obviously praying the same thing here for our fifth. Now, as wonderful as the girls' births were at the Midwife Center, they also can cause some anxiety leading up to birth because when you are at a center, you do not have access to pain meds. <laughs> you you can't get an epidural when you say you want an epidural at those last contractions up until, you know, you're you're pushing a baby out. It doesn't matter. Our midwife center does have nitrous oxide. Um But from experience, I can tell you that nitrous oxide has nowhere near the effect that an epidural does. And so didn't you like say that you wanted an epidural during one of the births? And they're like, oh, you're too far. And we didn't have that. Like, yes, it definitely happened. And so leading up to the births of all three of our girls, you know, there there was this anxiety and this fear knowing I'm going to experience pain or there is that potential to experience pain if I don't have access to an epidural. And I've learned that even leading up to our fifth child and being like seasoned, if you will, in this area, 
It doesn't lessen that. And so I'm bringing this up because I wanted to encourage anyone else who is planning on getting pregnant or is also sitting in the same position that I am right now. And just to remind you to pray and to ask God to prepare your mind, your body, and your heart for the day of delivery. I have learned that God really does just prepare that right day and the right time for our children to be born. There were so many days where I thought, I just, I'm not ready to go into labor today. I can't handle this. I can't do it. And then every single time that it happens, like God was just there preparing me, preparing our baby for that time. And it brings to mind a couple of scriptures, the first one being Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The next one comes from 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 7, and it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And it's that last section of that passage right there, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And what an encouragement to rest in as we leave those worries just at the foot of the cross, knowing that he cares for us, that even amidst the pain of contractions or as some women call them, surges and waves, he is there He has designed our bodies to go through this and he cares for us and is giving us just an amazing gift at the end of it all. Finally, Luke 12, 25 says, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And I look back at the birth of all of my children and even Emmett's that didn't go anywhere near as planned and didn't leave me with the best feelings and, you know, questioning birth and delivery. He still took care of us and, you know, walked us through that time there. And I'm just so thankful for that. And thinking about that and just being able to rest in the truths of the Bible, you know, amongst labor and delivery, amidst labor and delivery. I'm so thankful that Emmett's birth story was our first birth because I had backup that day. I was not ready whatsoever. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was ready for the birth, but I was so nervous for labor and delivery with Emmett that we got a doula. And for that birth, it was the best thing in my mind. It was awesome. Yeah, I thought we got a doula for me. Turns out we got a doula for Jake, really. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so we should probably clarify that we hired a doula, and then the doula informed us just before Emmett's birth, like, I mean, maybe I'll be gracious and give her like a couple weeks, that she was going to be out of town the week after his due date. Now, if you know anything about due dates, especially for the first child, Odds are that you're going to go past your due date and you're still going to be pregnant. And that's exactly what happened to me. So when I went into labor with Emmett, she was off on vacation or something. Now, the 
good thing about this story is that we ended up with an even better midwife or doula. A more experienced doula. More expensive doula. <laughs> but we got it for the same right. Right. We had we had gone with a doula in training and we ended up with a very experienced one instead who was wonderful, but she didn't come to the hospital till much later. And by the point she was there, I had already opted for the epidural. Like yeah. the point of her being there had it had passed. Her moment had passed. And she was now there for Jake because I was sleeping. In a hospital bed. <laughs> yes. So that was the main reason I wanted a doula is I wanted someone else there on my team. Like if Bethany had to sleep or if Bethany was in so much pain, I didn't know what to do. You know, first time dad here. Like I. I extroverted first time dad also. Extroverted first time dad. So, yeah, I mean, Bethany opted for the epidural and that was able to allow her to sleep because we had had like no sleep the night before. Um, and I was there in the room by myself alone with Bethany sleeping. So when the doula showed up, she was able to just talk through things with me, you know, calm me down, calm me down, uh, reassure me about our decision. Uh, just so much was very helpful. And, you know, she, she just had that confidence of being able to help you through the labor and delivery that I didn't have at that time. So we do think that doulas are a wonderful idea. If they are in your budget, highly recommend them, especially for that first birth. They're just a wealth of information. They're there to help you advocate for you, help keep you focused when you know, you're really focused on your contractions and can't really think about anything else as we've shared here, even as a support person, even for your, your, your spouse or, you know, whoever else is there in the delivery room with you. It really just brings you from a two person team to a three person team. And it just, everyone has someone to help them at that point. And it just, it made all the difference for me on that first labor and delivery. Now, through that, I learned a lot of things. I learned counter pressure. I learned, you know, to stick up for things that we wanted in our birth plan. And it really, it was a great learning experience. With that being said, though, we actually never opted for a doula again. And part of the reason is doulas can be very expensive, and I just didn't feel the need for it again. It's probably because my time for a doula had already passed by the time she made it, so I just didn't see the real need like Jake did, and we were not going to pay for a doula for Jake. <laughs> Sorry, babe. That's not nice. But the main reason is because Jake was a really good birth partner. Even like right there with the help of the doula, he was there advocating for me, helping me, talking with me and just very present. And I said, I I don't feel like I need a doula. Like you have fulfilled the doula ro- role. 
And he really proved himself during Hadley's birth. And so from then on, I never even thought about getting a doula again. Yeah. I will say yet again, though, having that doula there was awesome confidence booster. And I learned a lot and I've learned a bunch more things in each pregnancy since Emmett. So we can thank her for all of your wisdom that you're about to give our audience. Yes. So much wisdom. So obviously you have to prepare. Like I like to be prepared when I go into things. I like to know what I'm going to do before I do it. However, as soon as that water breaks, it's all over. It's all out the window. But throughout the entire thing, from the moment she tells you that she's pregnant to the moment you hold that baby in your arms, breathe. The most important thing is just to breathe the entire time. Also, get it into your head that you are very important in this process. We read an article from Very Well Family in preparation for this episode, and there was just some really interesting things about having a support person. Dr. Guarnada said, having a support partner can help enhance the experience of labor and birth. People who feel supported are less likely to experience their birth as traumatic. Even if a person experiences a trauma during birth, having the support of a partner can help them cope and give them a sense that they were not alone in what happened. A supportive birth experience sets the stage for working together as a couple to navigate the parenting challenges ahead. You can tell that this article is written very recently because never do they say women. They say people. Yes. Moving on. Being that important person for your wife is your number one job during this pregnancy. And like I said, you need to be prepared. So before the labor and delivery, make sure that you attend some birthing classes. These help out both with labor and delivery, but also newborn stages of having your child. Biggest thing for Bethany was counter pressure. Learn how to hold the counter pressure, get used to it because your arms get tired after a while. So make sure that you are able to give proper counter pressure to help through the contractions. I highly recommend watching the documentary Business of Being Born. It has just a lot of insight on whether you're going the natural route or through a hospital, medicated birth. It just gives you a lot of good information that you can look at and go, yeah, this is the way we're going, or just, okay, we have to be careful of these things that happen. One thing that I did ahead of time that really helped me just kind of relax is I formed a bunch of group chats in my phone ready to go. So I had Bethany's family, my family, our church friends, and and other friend groups that all know each other so that when I sent out a group message, all the people knew 
the other people in that group. And that just having that was helpful because I wasn't thinking like, oh, who do I have to tell that we're in labor? Who do I have to tell that the baby was born? Or It just really clears up a lot of time. So you set these group chats up prior to me going into labor and then you have them easily accessible to say, hey, Bethany's in labor or Bethany's water broke. We're heading to the midwife center and then like various updates up until the baby is born. Yeah. And what's great is you just type out the first message like, hey, Bethany's water broke. We're heading to the midwife center. Send that copy it, paste it into all of the groups because it just really saves you time and you're keeping everyone informed as well. Also, side note, but if you keep wondering why we're talking about my water breaking constantly, it is because that is what has happened in every single labor to signal labor happening. My water breaks just like the movies. That's what happens for us. We know that's not super common, and that's why I wanted to clarify that um, so that you're not waiting for your water to break when it very well could just be contractions starting your labor. I am so thankful that your water breaks because if not, it'd be so fast, and I, I don't even want to think about it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So this one is new that we're going to try out for this pregnancy. I'm excited for this one. Yeah? Okay. Me too. So it's pack both of the bags. Pack your bag and pack her bag. Now. We're talking about hospital or midwife center bags. Yes. Sorry. Have her put out everything that she wants for her bag. And then you physically put everything in the bag. Because guess what? When she is laboring and needs an essential oil or needs a a t-shirt or whatever she might need, the last thing she's going to want to do is say, oh, it's in the front pocket beside the whatever. You're going to know. You're going to be able to go and get it and just take care of your wife that much better and quicker. But as for what goes into her bag, that's on her. You just pack it. Now, I have a few things that I make sure is in my bag for the labor and delivery. Three pairs of clothes, at least. Because I think that's more than I pack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously, you're going to show up in the clothes that you have on. So technically, I guess you only have to pack two clothes. Because you can leave, because you can show up and leave in the same pair of clothes if you want. But you need something for getting in a tub or a shower because if that is what feels good is you in the shower laboring and you need counter pressure at the same time, I need to be able to get in there and and just take care of my role. So you need shorts for being in a tub or in a shower, then something to change into that's comfortable to sleep in. Because if you're in a hospital, you're not going to be wanting to sleep in your boxers. You're, you want another pair of short, dry shorts, sweatpants, whatever. But you just want something comfortable that you can sleep in. 
um, and and rest after she rests. I like that note in here. That was very sweet. Yes. You rest after she rests. And then, once again, something to wear home, something clean, because, once again, your water breaks, usually, so the clothes I show up in might be dirty, or I might be coming from work. So you want something clean to wear as you're leaving, bringing your child home. This might sound obvious, but make sure you have a phone charger for both of you. It really helps whether you're playing music, whether you are texting people to let them know what's going on or whatever. Just have a cell phone charger for both of your phones. Other electronic items that you might need, a Bluetooth speaker. We have played worship music in every labor and delivery, and it just helps bring calmness to the room or at least we planned to listen to the music. I'm not sure it happened every single time, though. I'm pretty sure we have. Um, another thing is is bring a diffuser. If you guys use oils, we use lavender and different ones like that to just help calm us during uh, the labor and delivery. I feel like I'm saying labor and delivery a lot. It is a labor and delivery episode, so. True. Um, here's one you might not think of. Uh, bring a laptop. Because your wife might remember that she forgot to pay a bill <laughs> whatever, while she's laboring and really need to pay the credit card bill. I saved us a late fee, okay? <laughs> oh, I would pay that late fee 10 times over. I would not care. It all worked out. So those are all things that have ready for when you go um, and when you're there. But mentally and during the delivery you really need to remember a few things. And and one is you need to know the birth plan. Like you need to know what you and your wife have decided that you're going to do, whether it's going to be an unmedicated birth, a medicated birth, a C-section, whatever. Go in with a plan that both of you have talked about and that she's comfortable with and that what she really wants. And you be that support person to do your very best to make that plan happen. You need to stick to your, your guns on this issue too, guys. Like doctors might come in and try to change what you want this birth to be to satisfy their wants and their needs, but you need to stick to your guns. You need to advocate for your wife. She might not be able to speak because she's in so much pain, or she might be saying, "I give me the epidural, give me the epidural because she's so in so much pain. But you need to know from your conversations before that, no, this is going to happen. We want to do it this way as closely as possible. You're the one that's not in a lot of pain during this process. Well, I don't know. You squeeze my hand pretty hard sometimes. I did want to say that's why it's so important to be educated ahead of time to be able to advocate for your wife. So you mentioned the documentary, The Business of Being Born, which we love and talk about constantly. And the reason why is because there is so much information in there. Yeah, that documentary really helped just with the entire process. But remember, stick to your guns, stick to the birth plan. However, there are times 
that the birth plan does need to be changed, whether it's a medical emergency or I don't know, anything else. So you need to hold the birth plan lightly and be willing to change, but you also need to know when it's okay to change the birth plan. And that just goes into the being prepared and talking through everything with your wife before you even get to the hospital. Now, last thing I'm going to say, the most important part here, your needs come last. Once again, our main goal is to have a healthy mother and baby at the end of this. You can handle it. You can fight through it. Be ready for exhaustion, whatever. She is going through way more than you are. And just accept that. You are a supporting character in this whole play. Help her. Once the baby is born, once she's able to rest, you can rest. But you come last. I'm chuckling inside of my mind right now because looking at our notes, Jake's are so much longer than mine. And I think that really does show you the importance of a supportive birth partner. And now oftentimes it's going to be your husband, um, but maybe for your situation, it's not like maybe it's your mother or a friend for whatever reason it is. I think that these tips can still apply and we can understand just how important it is to have someone by your side. And that goes back even to talking about a doula um, and, and whether or not hiring one is the right fit for you. And I think that's why everyone's going to have a different answer because we all have different support people. But hopefully Jake's tips are encouraging and you can share this podcast with your husband if he's not listening with you right now. Well, and and also think about it like many hands make light work, right? Imagine going through everything that you have gone through in your labors and deliveries, and then needing to do all this stuff too. Now, once again, I'm not saying that my job is harder or anything like that, but this is definitely two to three people worth of work with you being the main character and delivering the baby and then support people helping you. So imagine doing this on your own. And I think that goes back to the quote that we read earlier, just about it how important a support person is for sure so some of the things that i have learned over the last several years and the four deliveries that we have been through so far is breathing you hear about breathing all the time and how important that is in labor and delivery but that's because it is probably the number one thing that you can focus on and are doing constantly throughout all of labor. So if it's something that you're already doing, why not perfect it and get good at it? I'm sure I could get even better at it, but just focusing on those breaths and keeping them long and deep and controlled, breathing through the contractions is so important. And that's where my focus is Every single time I have a contraction, I just focus on breathing through it. 
And if you have those nice long breaths as you're going through contractions, when you, you're already prepped and you're already doing that for when you're pushing the baby out too, because you want those nice long sustained breaths to push the baby out smoothly. You see in movies women screaming and that's like the the stereotypical thought when you think about a woman that doesn't have any type of pain relief, but really breathing through contractions as opposed to screaming or yelling through them is very helpful. Now, if you feel the need to make noise, focus on low groans. Like, I don't know if grunt is the right word, but kind of like a low groan, a low moan. Can you give us an example? I can absolutely not give you an example. But that is what I have heard and read is the best way to help get you through labor. This is, I end up always doing this through like transition or really the the pushing phase. That is when I can no longer be quiet. (laughs) I can't just breathe. I need to make some type of noise. Um, And that's what I just always focus on. And it has always helped to get the babies out quickly and smoothly. I can't say that that's 100% what it is, but that is the focus that I put into it. It is really interesting seeing that transition because you will be quiet and just breathing through the contractions. And then as soon as that starts to hit, it is the the groaning, the grunting, whatever you want to call it, to get that baby out. And you have very quick labor, so it definitely helps. So on the Lamaze website, what it says is that it help, helps keep the, this also says laboring partner. This is driving me crazy. Okay. Helps keep the woman's jaw loose and relaxed, which correlates directly to a loose and relaxed perineum. So that is what the correlation is there. Okay. Um, while we're on the topic of contractions, something that is really good to keep as a mindset is that each contraction or surge or whatever word you're using to call them, you have to recognize that it's bringing you closer to your baby. Every single one, the ones that are mild, the ones that are strong, the ones that are in transition, they are all bringing you to that moment of being able to meet your baby. And so when you can kind of focus your mindset on it being a positive thing and not just a painful thing, it can also help get you through all of that. I always think about how contractions are a a good pain. It's something that is positive and beneficial to you and something that your body was actually designed to go through. If I were to go outside and step on a nail I would be in pain and it wouldn't be a good pain. It would be because something was wrong with my body that was not supposed to happen and I would need medical care after that. But the pain of childbirth and delivery is actually, it's good. As much as you might not want to hear that in the moment, it is true and it's something that I think when we cling to, it can help us through labor and delivery. As far as some practical things, um, I created a scripture verse list of 
passages that I wanted to focus on. Um, I shared a couple scriptures earlier in the episode about anxiety and worry, but I will put the link in our show notes here. Um, It's a free printable. It's just something very simple that I put together and just wanted to share with other women. But it is really important to be focusing on God during that time. Jake brought up that we will put on a worship playlist during labor as well. There was a song that came on, um, I think it's called Let It Bring You Praise, that we listened to just before Juniper was born. And now I associate that song all the time with her and with her birth. And it's just really beautiful to think about giving God praise as we are welcoming life that he created into the world. All right. I get questions about having a birth plan. And the truth of the matter is I also don't have a birth plan. With Emmett, we had birth plan and a doula. And with Hadley, And the other girls, we opted out of doulas and birth plans. And the reason being is because my birth plan with Emmett didn't go anywhere according to plan. And I recognize that in the moment of labor and delivery, I really still knew what I ultimately wanted. And so I kind of have birth parameters, if you will now, a list of things that I really do not want to happen. But if something were to go wrong or things were not going the way that we were hoping and we were being encouraged to look at things a little bit differently, then we can have that conversation. But overall, I have a list of things of I don't want any of these to happen. And here is a list of things that I would really prefer to happen or options of things to go through during my labor and delivery. And Jake is well aware of all of them. And as he mentioned earlier, we kind of just hold that plan lightly. We are flexible while also being firm in our beliefs, medically speaking. And as much as you want your husband or your birth partner to be advocating for you, There might be times where you need to advocate for yourself. It is always good just to be ready to advocate for yourself. You don't really know how you're going to be in labor, especially if this is your first birth. And so I advocate that you should advocate for yourself and your husband or your birth partner should also be advocating for you as well. There can never be too much advocating going on in a room for people who are educated and well-informed with what they want. But also remember that whoever your providers are, like you chose them. You chose them because you trust them. And so I think it's always wise to be listening to what they say and to hear their options, hear their their whys and their why nots, and to to go from there. And so that's why I say just be ready to advocate and hold your birth plan or your birth parameters lightly. Let's end today's episode with John 16, 21. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into this world. And isn't that why women continue to give birth and 
have more children. Yeah. <laughs> because absolutely. this verse is so true. I will never forget your face after Hadley was born. You just looked at me and the joy on your face and your voice just saying, I did it. I did it. We have a, a girl. We did it. Like, I'll that was never the truest that. adrenaline rush of my life. Like, I mean, I think with all three girls, but I remember Hadley's very specifically because it was the first time it happened and I was elated. Like, I didn't even almost have like control over what I was. I had no filter, basically. Yeah. Like, exactly what was in my mind was what everyone heard in that moment. And it was amazing. It truly was. It has been a great season with you guys. We are so blessed, humbled that you guys would join us here weekly. Thank you for joining us for season two. We look forward to being back again next year, hopefully not too far off. We will still be active on social media so you guys can see if we're having a boy or a girl and when the baby is born. And I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. Once again, as always, I am over on Instagram at Jake Off Script. Bethany is at Waves and Lilacs. And the podcast is Whatever's True Co. over on Instagram. And since we are going to have a break in between this season and next season, you guys have plenty of time to go back, listen to some previous episodes that you've missed, and write us a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. Think of it as a Christmas gift to us. Because we love getting them.